You're welcome. Okay, so I'll start. Hi, this is Stephanie Pache. I'm the editor and publisher of RCR News Media. And today we have the lovely and talented Dee Dee Pfeiffer, who's going to uh, share with us not only her success, and um, if you're not watching Big Sky on ABC, shame on you, but also just going to talk about, you know, getting in the room because we want to share what it's like. You know, it's not just all glamour as much as we like to think, but there is work and there are some great um, lessons to be learned when you're in the room with Dee Dee Pfeiffer. So, hi. Uh, yeah, so great. First of all, um, congratulations on Big Sky. I love that show. That's the kind of show I like to watch anyway. And it's fun. And, every, and then, like every week, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. You know, don't want to do spoilers um, here for those of the, who haven't watched, but how is it working on that uh, show? Well, first of all, I am so grateful to be working, um, period. <laughs> right. Time where a lot of people are not working. It's such hard times, and especially with everybody and actors. And I'm, I just turned 57. I got a great gig. That's not always happens to women my age. And I disappeared for 10 years. So to come back and get this job is, um, I'm just so grateful. And it's a great show. And I think it's timely too, because people I think need a break, at least mm -hmm. one hour a week to, to check out, unless you're binging it, then you get to check out a whole night. Right. Um, and it's a great show for that because it re really take you on quite the journey. There's cliffhangers, there's it's oh, emotionally God. charged, it's sexually charged, it's diverse. It's like, you don't really know what's coming. So we're keeping you on the edge. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so grateful to be a part of that journey for one hour a week. Um, Big Sky Tuesday nights, ABC. <laughs> right. Shame, I'm shameless. <laughs> no, definitely plug it. We're we're plugging it. We watch it. I, you know, I'm like even on Twitter retweeting and liking all the posts. And you know, um, it's it's a great it's a great show. You're right for getting out of what's going on. But it also, and I hate to say I'm a few years older than you, also back to the time when I was going from, I lived in Las Vegas, Nevada for college. And so I'd drive up because my friends that went to BYU would be, you know, I'd go up there to go skiing up in Utah. So I would make that eight hour drive for a weekend, just one way. And one time I saw a guy on the side of the road next to a station wagon was late at night on that I-15, which doesn't have much, you know, not yeah. a lot around. And I'm so dumb. I stop. Oh, did you need help? The guy, it wasn't his car. He got in my car and I was taking him to the next exit. And watching Big Sky, I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And my father was a policeman. So let me tell you, if I would have told him, he would have killed me. But <laughs> Here I am. And it just brought back that, yeah, you need to really be careful, especially nowadays, you know, on the road, those two young girls and your car breaks down and you did something you shouldn't have done. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> I love road trips, but I have to say now I'm like a little like, and I always tell my boys, you need to like go travel, you need to go on road trips. And now I'm like, wait, 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 put a pause on that. Put a pin in that. Because <laughs> there's some... Yeah, it's some crazy stuff out there. This show does get you thinking about a lot of things, actually. It does. It does. And and the mom, the mom who's complicit, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, the dysfunctional parenting right. and then the fat. Right. <laughs> and that's in itself, it's very scary. And yet it's not scary the way you would think scary. It's just like, right. 
what is how's that yeah relationship and what that does with ronald's character is it makes you sympathize with him even though you kind of shouldn't be it's right like you want him to go to prison but you also want to hug him <laughs> right he needs the love right? it's like maybe hug him in prison <laughs> and i think your character is the one that would give him that hug yeah Thank i mean you. you're you. yeah i i first of all your character is super i She's not flamboyant and she's just there, you know, reporting on the news. Uh, yeah, I know the town gossip. Yeah. And not in a negative way, but you know what's going on with who. And, you know, it's just, it's funny to see your characters uh, different, different input about different things, you know, on each episode. And you're like, okay, well, that's odd that she knows the brother-in-law of, you know, or the cousin or, you know. You're right. Well, I love it. The writer actually wrote um, the town gossip is Denise's currency. Right. I saw I that. Love that because mm. I'd said, and that could be a, a plus or a minus negative or positive. And I yes. immediately viewed it as a positive. She uses that gossip as a way to create rapport and bring people together, maybe jump in when she probably shouldn't just to try to repair maybe a, a conflict or what have you. So she's not like that nosy neighbor who really, you know, is annoying. She's actually the opposite. I think she uses that as a way to um, be like a mama bear, mm -hmm. uh, she's like a, um, a den mother. Right. I like to call her the rock of this agency. Here's, I'm the rock and they're like butterflies and they're flying out there being detectives and getting into trouble and pushing right. the back and come back and land on the rock. Mm -hmm. to regroup to reset to go back out and do it again and um, right yeah right and but it's interesting how you come up with the little pieces as they're trying to build their theories and figure out who you come up with a piece of information they're like oh that you know plugs in and that helps the story you know weave all the importance of all the characters and what's going on and the nuances between the characters because if everybody was a badass woman on that show i mean not saying you're not a badass but you don't need your fists There's, or yeah, gun levels and different colors of of that i think with denise the way she, i think she's a badass is right. that she's 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 one of the older characters so she's grounded been there done that been around the block she's 50. Right. i'm right. 57 so i'm playing a younger woman i love it uh, <laughs> So, you know, she's lived a lot. I'm playing her as she's in recovery. Um, she's sober. I mean, I have this whole storyline. People don't even really know what's going on with Denise. But it, I think that helps ground her in a way that, that that's where she's solid, is that right. she's got both uh, 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 feet planted on the ground. But I also really love the writers always give my character the lines that the, the audience is thinking. Mm -hmm. Denise says it and I right. love that like I have this one line actually I can say it because it's in the trailers this week where this doctor is going on and on and on and on and on with all this medical jargon and and when I Didi was reading the script I remember thinking what the hell is he talking about and <laughs> immediately Den Denise said what is he blathering on about <laughs> and I went exactly so she gets to say what a lot of times the audience is thinking and that's super fun so it's right. like like she's on your your side of it and she does go in and she she um like every good patchwork she has her her uh thread that runs through it right right yeah, yeah. no that's that's amazing but you didn't get to be this talented overnight you've just you've have a little bit of a career before you disappeared for those 10 years um tell us about what got you into the business of show ah <sighs> Well, let's make this a short story because I could be okay. here all day to tell you the whole thing. <laughs> I started when I was 18. I'm mm -hmm. 57. 
that's a long story. So I'm going to push, bring that in. Um, so when I do have to back up when I was really young, um, which was what in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, I was working. I mean, illegally, no work permit. We didn't, you know, the child labor was like, whatever. All that's I knew is if I wanted something in my house, I had to earn it. Like that's how my dad raised us all. Uh -huh. If you want something, you earn it. No one's going to give you anything. And we were a middle to low income family. Mom didn't drive, four kids, you know, and so I had to start working really early. So I had every odd job you can imagine. But so by the time I was 18, I was like, I had worked so much. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So my sister was on doing Scarface. And I never forget, I drove up to LA and I was like, I think I want to try this thing called acting. And she's like, oh, if you want to try this thing called acting, just <laughs> in an acting class, don't think about headshots, don't think about an agent, manager, nothing. Just get into an acting class first to see if it's anything you even like. Well, I got into an acting class and I was horrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I went up on my lines. I was stuttering. I was so shy. I was a nervous wreck. And they were like, oh my God, this is a show by her sister. This is <laughs> a nightmare. But I didn't give up because I, it was kind of like if I would have given up, I would have lost. It's like I, I had to master it before I could walk away from it. Uh -huh. And I just never got it. So I kept going and going, going and going. And uh, eventually, two years, finally got an agent, got some headshots, went out there, tanked interviews left and right, and stumbled into it. And to this day, I got to tell you, I still don't feel like I really mastered anything, really. I'm still learning. I'm still discovering. I still watch my work and go, are, are they sure they didn't mean to give this role to that other actress behind me? Um, still not always convinced that uh, I'm... Well, what you said was, you know, talented. I don't know if I would put that with my name, which oh. makes me hungry. It makes me constantly working and um, never complacent, never take anything for granted. And I think that's really important in life. The minute you think you have all the answers, I think you're kind of dead. You're kind of done. What's the point of waking up in the morning if you have all the answers? Right. And that's not exciting to watch or want to, you know. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, 30 plus years later, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Well, I think it's important to, you know, be real with yourself and, and recognize, you know, what you're doing today, um, you can improve on, right? Just like me and like anyone else, we can get better. Um, and we have, but we have to be realistic and know I need to be better. I want to be better. Yeah. And I think that also shows in your work because it does get better as you're, you know, especially we, We've interviewed like a lot of Disney kids, you know, 10 years ago. And as they're growing up, you're seeing, you know, how that talent, you know, how they were shy or maybe, you know, um, not as bright of a star, but they had a sparkle and now they're shining. Right. So it's it's a process. I mean, it's, it, whether it takes five years or 50 years, you know, I think that staying and anyone, any, any job you have. As long as you stay on top of that extra training and you know what's the latest because tomorrow we may you know it's motion capture right that you may have to do and that that's training i mean there's different areas voiceovers i mean there's a lot of things that that it don't just come because you acted on a movie right and you don't have to worry about it again because and you're right it does it then it begins to show when you're not staying you know honing your craft as they say i guess so but you're not staying on top of those workshops or those fun things. And it's amazing how many actors I talk to that 
do plays and do, you know, off camera, people are like, wow, they're doing a play or they wrote a play or they, you know, they're not, they don't necessarily have a view into the room of what an actor's world is about. And it's not always on screen. Yeah. 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 Well, I always call it, there's an actor's actor and there's an artist's actor. Mm. Yeah. Artist actors have a tendency to do the work and it has something to do with the paying the bills. They <laughs> <laughs> don't like that very well. <laughs> we'll take something because the role is so amazing, but it's like an independent and no one will probably ever see it, but you're mm -hmm. like, I have to do this, you know? Um, yeah. So. So what was your favorite, not your current, cause you know, that's your favorite, right? Um, yeah, what was yeah. your favorite <laughs> project? It actually is my favorite so far. Yeah. Because she's so fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My favorite role I played so far other than Denise. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to probably have to, gosh, uh, have you seen my resume? I've been around I'm, I've been a lot. I, I, I've, I've seen it. That's why I'm asking. Cause I can't pick a favorite. Yeah, um, it's a cross between this this small independent film called The Tub, I did. Um, mm -hmm. But then I also really like this other independent where I played this girl named Franny. She was just so great. But then I got to say, I'm going to probably have to say, believe it or not, there's no such thing as a small actor. No, no, mm -hmm. or a small role. Small role, right. Um, falling Down, she Sheila, Sheila, yeah, Sheila. In, in Michael Douglas' right. Falling Down because we, there's such a story behind making that. We, I was waiting for my set call, the riots broke out. Literally, oh, okay. Waiting for my set call. Wow. We were supposed to go downtown and shoot that scene right oh. where the riots were. I drove a Bronco. I was little, Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, I called the idea, go, are we, uh, are you watching the news? And I go, are we still gonna work tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I'm like, have you seen the news? It's World War Three down there. And he's like, right. oh, well, no one's called it off yet. I'm like, well, you may have to find another Whammy Burger girl because I'm not sure. I drive a Bronco, dude. I'm not going <laughs> down there, you know? So um, weeks later, almost months later, we went down there to shoot it after the riots kind of calmed down and we had the right. National Guard around us. And it was quite an experience. Tempo had changed. Mm. The, whole, the whole temperature on the movie was very um, different because the movie right. was actually about what happened. Right, you know? right, yeah very um as a woman as a person i was young then too without children at that point just mm -hmm. going through that but i'll just never forget when um, joel schumacher gave me that role because i read for something else on a tv mm -hmm. series called mm -hmm. mount thousand or something i read for that and he gave that role to drew barrymore thanks drew I, I <laughs> by all those girls and um so drew got that but he, i think but he liked me so he gave me this small role in this uh -huh. film called falling down right so there's no such thing as a small role. So I got so excited, but I'll tell you, I went to the wardrobe fitting and I thought, I'm going to be in a movie with Michael Douglas. <laughs> and then they put this hamburger on my head. <laughs> the wardrobe well, he gets hungry. <laughs> I was the polyester net. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I finally score a role. I get to be in a movie with Michael Douglas and Barbara Hershey and all these amazing talented actors. And, I, and I'm going to be sitting there with a hamburger on my head. Luckily, my training set me up for that. Mm -hmm. so um i had some work to do on this sheila character so it was actually really funny um so it actually helped my performance that sheila who hates her costume and thinks she's bonnie mm. 
waiting for this is this is all my internal story waiting for Clyde to come into the oh room. okay save her from this horrendous life that she lives and she hates her boss right mm. so when Michael Douglas comes in my character in me goes oh I think Clyde just came in you know so <laughs> the gun out right. she's like he's really Clyde you know so it was um and they didn't know what I was going to do with the role because it was just written as a girl who just wouldn't give them breakfast because it was one minute after. Right, right. I remember that. That was it. But I yeah. created this whole internal life and Michael Douglas and Joel Schumacher, they loved it. And so it was a really great experience for a lot of different reasons. And then mm -hmm. they ended up using that little role with me with the hammer on my head in the trailers. I never right. got more press in my life than I did with a hammer on my head. And um, that was fun. Yeah, I'll wear that hammer any day again. Well, I wouldn't share that secret too wide because now everybody's going to bring a hamburger to head to the set and try to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just yeah it goes to show you got to like um, you got to just take everything that comes your way and like here okay here we go we're in the middle of pandemic we're doing this Zoom thing otherwise I would be hopefully like in a, somewhere with you in person right take those lemons and make lemonade you know mm -hmm. and so if I hadn't had that hamburger on my head and that nasty polyester unflattering right. uniform I wouldn't have had to probably work so hard to find this life with this girl Sheila right. this internal life that just radiated through the lines and gave mm -hmm. Michael Douglas and we and he was looking at me what is this girl doing <laughs> <laughs> being more funny and absurd mm -hmm. considering what he was going through at the time in the in his life in, in the right right is, the story's got more and more absurd so of course sheila is like oh hi and he's part like, of it who are you <laughs> you got a hamburger on your head <laughs> right right and that's you know that's a good lesson to learn because i think a lot of people um especially starting out actors they're looking for that big role that's going to give them the big break and they're going to you know be a star and you know the more actors that we interview they're like you know, you're in it for the wrong reason you're in it to be that character to be the best character for that moment that you're you know the director says uh, action right so you're you really can't live your life thinking you're going to be that big star i mean it's it's great to put it out there for intention right i want to be successful but you know embracing those small roles are important as important as the big ones well this is why i love denise everyone's like on on my instagram they're like oh my god you need to be, have you need more screen time you need to be you need more scenes and i'm like oh honey no i really don't i love the denise is there it's kind of like your mom mm -hmm. you know she's there you don't call her all the time braxton and maximus my boys <laughs> you know but you know she's there mm -hmm. you don't need to see her every day you don't talk to her every day it's not you don't need this my conversations with my boys are, I go, hey, how you doing? Are you eating? Yeah. Are you in the middle game? Yeah. Okay, love you. Love you too. By click. Uh, okay. Right? And that's kind right. of Denise, making sure that she's there. She's there. She's not going anywhere. And um, I like the fact that you do want to see more of Denise. That's, that's mm -hmm. part of the show. Right. You, you do cliffhangers. Denise, we tease you with her. You don't know at any point who's going to die on this show because we're right. all, listen, on this show, nobody is safe. Right. I right. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I've never been, I've been doing this for, I don't know, many th three decades plus. I've never been on a show where literally, <laughs> I don't know what's happening in every script. I'm the first to know when I read the script. Right. And that can change <laughs> that way. <laughs> but see, you know too much because you know the town gossip. <laughs> well, and even, yeah, but well, she, she 
well, she knows what I know. And all I know right. is, um, like, I'll call it, like, one of the other cast members go, did you read this week's script? What the heck is going on with that? They're like, I know, really? I'm like, oh, my God, the audience is going to lose their mind. <laughs> you know, so we're we're mind blown by some of the, the turns that this show right. came back last week. Right, we, I know. <laughs> got some more stuff for you guys. So hang mm-hmm. on, buckle up. <laughs> and just know that nobody is safe in this cast we set that up from the pilot and that's all i'll say about that in case you mm-hmm. have a show oh no i yeah the pilot you know oh they ain't playing nobody's safe right <laughs> and that that's a fun um show right now i mean if you look at others if they're more safe and you can kind of figure out I mean, it's like going to the movies with somebody and they're sitting next to you and, t- and either asking you what's, what happened, why did that happen? Or the other person on the other side, no, oh, I bet they do this. And I saw that Easter egg or I saw, you know, and you're like, no, nah, just, I just want to focus. Mm-hmm. And in your, sh- and Big Sky is one of those shows that you need to focus because sometimes I'll be doing something else watching a show. Yeah. My phone is not in my hand. Even though they want you to tweet something, I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I have to stay focused because there's some insane twists that yeah. I, who like to think I know, don't find. These little nuances mm-hmm. that you kind of have to be watching for. That if you miss it, I mean, we'll, we'll, help, we'll help remind you, but it's better if you caught it the first time. Right. Um, and I can't really go, I can't see. No, don't, don't, no spoilers, but it's, what's good is now, unlike when we were kids, if you missed the episode, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Wait for reruns in the summer. Right. Yeah. Well, we, if you, we had two channels and my right. dad, my dad, my mom always had the TV. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> that was to try to get that third channel. Right. Just, in hope to get it <laughs> exactly yeah no that's but now you can either bank all the episodes and, and binge them at once and stay off social media so you're not getting the spoilers yeah yeah there's oh yeah there's all that see i just i just started social media first time in my young Ooh. life on this show because i was very resistant which is mm-hmm. kind of worked for me my boys are not really into it i mean they are and they're not which is good because that's I'm, good Oh, that was really uh, been a negative influence on a lot of people's lives, especially mm-hmm. teenagers, and they're fifteen and eighteen. So because I was never into it, um, I could barely turn the computer on the front of That they really didn't. So um, now I, I started the show, and they asked me to do one of the things of. So I think that Twitter is kind of mean. So right. um, you're I, on Instagram, right? Um, I only do Instagram, and it's right. really fluffy. I just it's only about the show and like my rescue cockatoo or rescue dog or rescue cat or me doing silly videos with the Canadian seagull out there named Skipper Uh, and who are my friends. Yeah. And you know what, that's, that's a a nice way just to, you know, keep the fans because they, they do like to look what's going on, you know, and, and that's those social shares are fun because you can control them and, and not be on a platform like Twitter that can be really mean and take off in really mean ways, right? I don't, I don't do mean, I, and I, yeah. I don't want a supporter or, you know, and I gotta say, I have to say something. I just love my fans. I've had these fans that have followed me from like 30 years ago 
and they are so sweet. I just want to say a shout out to my fans. I love them. I took off for 10 years to get a degree, came back, and they were like, you're back. Oh, Dee Dee. And I was like, oh my God, you are so, I like want to find all of them and give them hugs, you know, kind of like, after COVID. <laughs> After COVID, yeah. But like, even my sister had said, you have really sweet fans. I go, I know, I really do. They're like really nice people. And the fact that they um, still followed me, even though when I disappeared, and one guy even said, thank you for doing social media. <laughs> I was like, I'm still trying to figure out how to like it. I, right. I, I unfollowed somebody. I didn't mean to do that. And Oh, oops. <laughs> I would go, please, please don't take anything I do personal because I really still don't know what I'm doing. And my boys are like, my mother's on social media. <laughs> boys, they're like, mom, <laughs> you be nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can get really mouthy. <laughs> so let's talk about the time period you were off getting a degree, which I understand you just completed it as right. it, the, show, store, the, the show was ramping up, right? I got to tell you, Mother Earth really works in mysterious ways. God bless this beautiful planet we live on. Um, as you can tell, I just ooze full. Of, I just, I'm so grateful to be alive because uh, I have a lot of things to be grateful for. Um, one is I went to, I put myself to college for the first time in my life 10 years ago. So what is that? Four, I'm 57. So like 40 something, <laughs> 10 okay. years ago. Right. And that was because I, I, I hit a point in the industry where I felt like um, I was raising these two boys teenage boys on my own. And I felt like the industry, which I had been so loyal to, wasn't really being that loyal back, wasn't getting jobs. When I was, I was getting so underpaid. I was taking anything I could just to keep my health benefits for my children. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't balancing out. And I, I noticed men could age and it was sexy. And then women were aged. And it was like unemployable for you. You can't do good luck in a job or get the stretch thing. And listen, I'm not above all that stuff. Listen, I'm, there's a reason why I'm wearing this, okay? I'm not, I'm not above it. I just started thinking, wow, what am I saying to my boys? Like, and how am I going to deal with this? But I also was always doing volunteer work, mm -hmm. constantly worrying about social welfare issues. I was the little kid walking up the driveway with the stray cat, dog, and yes, a duck. I rested the wrong <laughs> on the story, a duck. I was always rescuing that. And when I moved to LA, I started rescuing people. I was always picking up homeless, trying to find their homes. Mm. Yeah, that there, I discovered that they didn't have a home, which that's a whole nother story. So long story short, I started looking around the world and I started seeing a lot of stuff. I was like, wow, I need, I want to help on another level other than just volunteering. And the industry was kind of like not being so loyal. I have these two boys. I want to show, not tell what it means right. to take your life by the Mm -hmm. way and 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 say i i'm getting off the 405 and i'm going to get on the 10 freeway watch me go and i did that i had the support of my family my friends um my agent weren't very happy mm -hmm. um but i went to school and i literally walked up to a community college and said hi uh i want to help people and they're like hi okay what <laughs> I, go, I don't know and they're like what do you mean i go will you tell me what degree do i need to help people and they're like no that's not how this works you tell me and then i'll help get the class Right. Are you trying to be a psych major? I go, okay, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just got some classes and went towards the trajectory of like a psych major. Right. And I looked into forensics and some um, um, other areas of where I could be the most effective. And along the journey, which took me a long time because I had two kids in tow, I couldn't do full time. I had to grab classes when I could. I went year round because I couldn't do the 12 units. You know, So I'd do like, was it nine and then grab one in summer and another nine and grab one in winter and just went year round. Mm -hmm. So my boys can, um, I, cause I had to take them everywhere. Right. 
and I also learned out learned that I had a learning disability. I had a whole bunch of uh, learning disabilities that um, made me when I was kind of told that I was basically stupid growing up. Mm. And it wasn't until I hit college and the community college, a professor said, you need to get tested, assessed. And I did. And then she's like, actually, you're really bright. You just have these learning disabilities. So I went through my entire life until my 40s thinking I was stupid. Mm. Right. So college did a lot of things for me. So um, I started down that road to 10 years to get my four years to get my AA, right. my bachelor's of psych again, at community college, two years, and then three years at UCLA to get my master's of social work, mm -hmm. um, three years to do a two-year degree because I took a year off for, um, to take care of my, um, my health. I'm in recovery. I'm, um, I'm in recovery. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And this is the first time I've said that in an interview, by the way. Oh, well, thank you for trusting us to uh, receive that information and congratulations. It's, it's important that other people know that it happens and it, it, there's a lot of shame around it. And I want to be the person that says, hey, hi, if you ask anyone on, on the set, I'm like, hi, DD Piper here. How are you guys? I'm in recovery. And they're like, oh my God, why is she yelling that? I'm like, because it's important that we stop making that a bad thing. Right. And stop stigmatizing it. Yeah. Right. So I have people come up to me and go, I'm, in, I'm 15 years sober. And I go, why are you whispering? Fifteen. This is fucking amazing. I have mm -hmm. almost three. I'm a baby at this. You have fifteen. I take my hat or my happy hair off to you. You know. So anyway, so along the journey, I got sober. This is another reason why I'm, I'm I embrace being grateful for being alive every day. A lot of people mm -hmm. in recovery don't make it, right. and um, I'm blessed that I that I am. And so I got my social worker degree, and it was in my internship my last year at UCLA when David, my brother-in-law, E. Kelly, yeah, who oh. we're not on Redial. We're not on Redial. Okay. He's my right. brother-in-law. I love him. He loves me. We see each other on the holidays, right? That's it. Right. He picked me out of nowhere. Hey, are you still acting? I have a really great role for you. As of the Department of Mental Health, finishing my last internship. <laughs> Here's the beautiful part. He had no idea that at that point I was about to graduate mm -hmm. and not know how I was going to support my children because social workers make, they start like 50,000. Right. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I had no idea in LA how I was going to survive. After 10 years, I was kind of broke. You know, I had right. to sell you know, my house and all that to pay back my loans and what have you. And mm -hmm. I had no idea how I was going to make it work. But I knew as long as I was stayed in recovery and, and, and didn't listen to the noise, right? Mm -hmm. That, um, and believe that uh, good is more powerful than bad, right. that it was going to be a way. And he had no idea. He threw me a lifeline when he asked oh. me to do this show. Like, so now I, and I graduated doing the show and now I'm a social worker um, on Big Sky. And one day I want to bridge my degree mm -hmm. and fan base together and help people on a larger scale. That's my goal. I think that that is an amazing goal. And mm -hmm. I can only imagine how, how you're going to bring joy to other people that need that, um, that feeling of, relief that there's somebody that cares enough you know um, my brother lives up in utah and has gone to school to be a social worker oh. he had yeah he he um had a, a ski and snowboard shop and in the back he built a skateboard you know thing with little ramps for the neighborhood kids so he could foster you know a community and support 
you know, because they, you know, there were a lot of disenfranchised kids that were out there. And so I understand that compassion and that takes a special person to, um, to do that. And that's, uh, that's amazing. Just, it's funny because when we say social worker, first thing comes to mind, someone said to me, why do you want to be somebody who takes kids out of people's homes? I said, well, first of all, I'm not working with kids. Number one, social workers, we do a lot of things. We work on macro, meso and micro level. Mm-hmm. policy communities individual the that degree is so diverse my right. concentration is homeless substance use and mental illness 18 mm. and older i don't even work with children and i'll tell you why because i'm a mama bear mm-hmm. i would be i would be jailed i they would be like okay the social worker hit me in the face and i'd be like you don't hurt kids right right <laughs> so, you know, there's other people who are much better at that than me i'm way too hot-headed i'm i'm, I'm more effective um with the older population mm-hmm. um, than, than kids because I'm too protective. I'm way too mama bear. <laughs> right. I, uh, one of my friends who I've known probably, I'm going to say 12 years or so, has a, he's on YouTube and his YouTube channel is Invisible People. And he used to be in, uh, in Hollywood. He used to work in the industry and then became homeless and wasn't a drug addict um, mm-hmm. and found himself in a place where, you know, he turned his life around and, and is now helping other homeless people. And I want to say he's millions of, of views a month of his stories because he's trying to bring that, you know, the attention that they need and, and understanding is that also the stigma of being homeless. It's like, it's their fault. And there's so many, it's like my fault. Right. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, Hey, I want to be homeless. Hey, I want mental illness, schizophrenia, bipolar. Right. Hey, I want to be an alcoholic, a meth head, eating right. disorder, depression. Right. I mean, nobody wakes up and says, this sounds like a good idea. This sounds like a great way to live my life. Mm-hmm. And yet we treat it as if they have a choice. Right, right. Where we lived by the 405 and Venice Boulevard before he <laughs> left. Yeah. My good friend works that area in, in that uh, in the homes population there. Right. And there's underneath that, that overpass, there's like 50 people living there. And um, in the summer, especially my son and I would take cases of water and food over. And I can't even tell you this one time, this one guy, it just, he just looked at us like that he was going to not live another day if he didn't have, you know, sustenance in just in a small way. And so humbling to, you know, be standing there and having something for them you know, here, let me help you. And then it was almost like every week, I'm, you know, every time we would drive by him, if he's still there, I have to go back and help him because he, it just, he had out of the 50 people that were there, he was off even by himself. So he was alone yeah. while there was, you know, other people that had part, you know, built kind of a community amongst yeah. themselves, right. To yeah. support each other. And, you know, just, it, it's just terrible to see that happening to people and breaking them and trying to build them up. And it's just, I, you know, I applaud you for that compassion and that focus on where we need help and adults, you know, especially after COVID, all the, the other people that are finding themselves, you know, in a bad place. Yeah. You know, mentally, I think that if you have the strength ment- mentally, you can then overcome the physical types of things but a lot of people don't even have that foundation. Yeah. 
um, like addiction, we have a tendency to look at things um, with up, upstream and downstream perspectives. I won't get into that. That's a whole way we, we will talk of, of the lens you would use. But let's just say you can use addiction as a good example. And homelessness, is, it's the same thing. If, you, if you're cutting the weed at the top, you're not looking at the root, the why. You could take someone off the streets and give them an apartment. I could pay for it, you could pay for it, whatever. Well, actually, I can, I'm kind of broke. But anyway, I'm still paying back for it. Loaned it. But, you know, but we could do that. Uh-huh. First, you have to understand the bigger picture, mm-hmm. the why the person landed there. And that's almost always some trauma that was mm-hmm. never assessed and treated, or it was, or it was, oh, trauma, but that was it. And the, or the treatment wasn't effective. Mm-hmm. It can't get to trauma unless if there's an addiction hanging around as well. So you got to kind of deal with the addiction and then the trauma. Um, these are really painful things to do by themselves, but together are really hard. And not a lot of people actually know how to treat these things effectively. And then you have to ask yourself, do they even have access to that care? Right. Like, right, just because they, they might have access to the Department of Mental Health, depending on what city it is and county and mm-hmm. community. Um, these systems are old. Let me say that their systems are kind of old and broken and they need they need some facelifts like some people I know um, but and that's one thing I actually want to start advocating for is just to look at that and it's like and this doesn't mean like mean a lot of money it's just bringing new brains in people that you know like um, new thoughts it's kind of like I was saying if you're if you're still doing the same thing for 40 for 50 years mm-hmm. you're not moving and growing with the times right so it's like the same thing with an addict. If you don't get to the why they're using, uh-huh. you don't ever get to that why and treat the why. You're looking at a relapse. Cause you can get anybody sober. You can get anybody who can stop using their drug of choice. You can take the person off the streets and put them in a, in a, an apartment. But then there's also, there's so many factors. There's also the transition. Uh-huh. Um, if I took you out of your home and put you somewhere else, don't you think you'd be a little jarred whether right. it was a better environment or not? So there's just a lot of factors and nuances that need to be looked at. Mm-hmm. So we need to start looking at it a little differently. Um, it just means training people differently, getting the people who are trained in this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in those places where they can be effective. Right. So there's a lot of layers that go on. Um, a lot of work we get to do, but you're absolutely right. After the pandemic, um, we have a lot of work to do. There was a lot of work before that, but now it's going to be even more. Right. I think that you go and give them water. I think it's what human beings, we can't live alone, by the way. I mean, we're not monks who live by yourself on a mountain. Mm-hmm. We, people need people. Mm-hmm. To what mm-hmm. extent? You can have that conversation, right? right. And there's a difference between enabling and helping. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone's thirsty, that's not enabling them. No, no, right. You're hungry, that's not enabling them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of the judgment, oh, you know, I'm, I don't want to give you money because then you're going to buy more drugs. You know, that's like the number one thought I think a lot of people have when they see someone homeless. Um, you know, here we, after leaving Los Angeles, we're in New Mexico and, and, um, well, I want to say December, I guess it was, we were driving in, was a, a gentleman nicely dressed. Yeah. And he had lost his job. He's trying to keep his family afloat. And, um, you know, he had a sign, you know, I, I need help for my family. Yeah. And, you know, where these are the types of, of things where, you know, showing respect by, hey, let me help you. Even if it's a, 
a dime. You know, these respect, I think, of the human condition is something that, you know, you don't, you're not seeing a lot of, um, especially with homeless people, because they, they don't know your story. They don't know what happened, why you're there. And it's interesting because my, my friend in his Invisible People's channel, he, sometimes he says it will take him 20 times seeing that person before they'll even trust him to talk to him. And he, he has a sponsor, um, I want to say it's Haynes Socks, Haynes, the, the um, company that makes socks, you know, and underwear and all that. Mm -hmm. um, they send him socks. So when he goes out, he's handing a pair of socks, trying to just, you know, um, hear more about them and, and treat them and help elevate them. Because mentally, you may be perfectly mentally fit, but then find yourself homeless. And what's the first thing that you know, your brain is working against you the whole time, right? It's like feeding you terrible things. And so then on top of that, you have the pandemic. And then on top of that, you have families at home and their kids are, you know, everybody's on each other's nerves. And it's, it's a tough thing to have to go from being outside and social and doing all these things and then being home. And the amount of mental health issues now we're going to see are going to be even greater right oh, yeah like my boys are in LA you know and I'm here and I have to keep reminding them and myself if you if somebody has written the pamphlet and the direction manual on how to deal with a pandemic or how to feel during a pandemic can you pass it this way because I need to read it <laughs> I'm like really we're writing it as we go so I say mm -hmm. to my boys and my friends whatever you're feeling it's right because we're going through a pandemic and there's nothing fun about this and and or easy and our norms are thrown up in the air and we're, we're discovering what it means to well, while we're looking at entitlement too i'm entitled right. so pandemic doesn't bother me affect me so i don't need to do the things they're asking us to do and then mm. those were actually you've seen people i lost a friend to covid oh. so it's like yeah. and he died alone that's mm. that's so a terrible up. way Right. So messed up. I can't imagine choking and not being able to breathe. Oh my God. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but others, I think there's a little bit of that. Well, if it doesn't, um, if it doesn't, if I have, if it doesn't affect me personally, then I, it doesn't really exist kind of thing. Right. You know, that's okay. That it's not okay, but that's what that is. But I say to my boys, whatever you're feeling any given day, it's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay. Just lean into it. Don't run from it. Don't deny it. Just lean into it. And you're gonna have good days, bad days. And some days you're just going to be off and you don't know why. Maybe it's because you can't see your friends and you're a teenager and you, that's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you right, know I mean? right. Um, I'm, I like to go on a darn date, but that ain't happening either. You know what I mean? I like to go to a museum in Canada. I'm not doing that because I'm, that would just be really inappropriate and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And if I bring COVID to the set, big sky falls down, it shuts down for two weeks. So right. I'm not going to be that jerk and do that. So right. I don't see anybody other than when I go to the set or when I go get tested three days a week. And that's a drive. I drive in, I put my head out, they <laughs> back up and I go back to my yeah. back. It's like I say, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. Isolation is really not good for the psyche. It's not good for the soul. It's not good for the person. And I think this is why Zoom and, and calling people and um, making friends with Canadian duh, um, seagulls and right. the naming them. And I you see, look at my Instagram, you'll see I have little stories about Gilligan and Skipper. And I make up these stories because it makes me laugh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> make anybody else laugh. But I enjoy mm -hmm. um, 
it keeps me sane. And people are like, you're nuts. And I go, being nuts keeps me from jumping off the balcony. And plus, oh, the seagulls, yeah, I got in trouble here. They're like, ask me to stop feeding them. Yeah, I, we got in trouble for feeding um, pigeons. So, so. Started with pigeons and then it went to ravens. <laughs> and honey Cut and Jack and Kenny. And it went to my ravens, big, black, gorgeous ravens. Mm -hmm. Thor, Rachel, his wife, and two kids, Rachel Jr. and Thor Jr. Then it went to my seagull, Gilligan, whose friend Skipper came along, and then Gypsy and oh. uh, Gangsta. And they all know that you're feeding them. <laughs> like, like skyscrapers over here, they're watching this crazy woman, me, <laughs> go out there every morning and have this conversation in my coffee with these seagulls. Mm -hmm. And they're like, can you ask her to stop that? Because <laughs> like, there's like all this drama. So um, they really like me here because I'm nice, but they're also like, you need to stop that. And I said, well, but they keep me sane. And they're right. like, we compromise. Uh -huh. So now when they're out there squawking, I go up to one, shh. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting me in trouble. <laughs> you know, someone's videotaping me going, look at this crazy woman over there. She's like talking to these seals. She's telling them shush and they're squawking. <laughs> what we do to get through a pandemic when you're isolated is, exactly how about, this? how about this this is what you do anything you possibly can to keep yourself from going insane whatever that looks like it's okay right yep we my son named the first two of 40 pigeons that came to our backyard feeder uh, mario and luigi <laughs> oh i love that yeah <laughs> and then we started getting more and more and the neighbors were like, would look at us over the fence and we're like, oh, I wonder if we'll get in trouble. And then when we started getting 40, we thought, oh, okay, we should cut because, you know, na residential neighborhood people probably not. Yeah, I'm like in the fifth floor here and there's all these balconies and they wait on other balconies for me right. to feed them. So they're oh. on everybody else's balcony. And that's why I got in trouble. Right. And I was like, but they love me. And they're like, hey, the neighbors don't love you anymore. <laughs> And I'm like, I'll go clean up the bird poo. I'll clean it up. And they, well, we can. It's COVID. <laughs> What's funny is Mario and Luigi still come every day just to see if we have the food out. Yeah, Gilligan's there whether I have food or not. Right. He stares at me. I stare at him. And then I stare at him. He stares at me. I go, you know, they're stalking. <laughs> right. I have a video of, actually, I have, look at my Instagram. There's a video of me going like this. And then I go, stalker. <laughs> okay. I'll get him to check that out. <laughs> looking at me and i'm like stalker <laughs> welcome to getting through a pandemic anything to help you from going to the rabbit hole of depression right um, that can look different for everybody you know right what I mean? but people go That's... oh look i'm like you read a book i just got a 10 years of college i'm not going to read again for the rest of my life <laughs> i'm not going to do research anymore ever again <laughs> right. yeah that's that learning it's... exactly it's how you're getting through the pandemic and everybody's different but you know, our, our mental health is uh, definitely something that we need more self-care on, I think. It's hard. Self-care for me is something I had to learn. And it's, to this day, it's really hard. I, I, my self-care looks like like helping, like cleaning and feeding up after these birds out there. That's my life. I'm like such mm -hmm. a mock bear, right? Mm -hmm. People go, oh, well, you're getting, you know, I'm, I say I'm not getting in trouble. They're asking me just to cool it. Um, <laughs> But um, I'm like, and little do they know, this is keeping me sane. It might be right. annoying to them. So there's a, 
interesting perspective. Well, the next time you tell your neighbor to stop feeding 4,000 doves or, or pigeons, mm. maybe that's sufficing some kind of, um, it's making their dopamine and serotonin and all those feel good um, chemicals in our brain um, expand and, and produce that right. makes you live longer and you feel better versus the cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and counter that for a minute because trust me once you go away from those birds you get to go back to real life and right. the shit's sitting there waiting for you to get <laughs> exactly. the news on that's pretty stressful right right so it's interesting because so again it goes back to that kind of like we do kind of need to be a little more mindful of everybody else and this is hard we are mm -hmm. isolating we are well those of us who are trying to do the right thing right so you're doing crazy things um right. my boys are doing a way too much electronics but guess what they're also doing they're connecting with their friends on those mm -hmm. electronics right so like do it right otherwise if i tell them to shut it down they're sitting there staring at me or rescue dog the rescue cockatoo the rescue cat they're each oh. other they're teenagers still that you know uh -huh. um but when they're online with their friends, I hear them laughing. They're joking. They're having a good time. They're killing each other, whatever that game they're playing. I'm like, right. No. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm like, oh, good, honey. You killed your friend. Whatever. What do you want for dinner? Um, but, right? And so at this point, we got to weigh it out. And mm -hmm. it's like I said, we're going to, we'll deal with that later. <laughs> when right. we're through the pandemic and there's some sort of nor normalcy mm -hmm. um we'll start looking at isolation again we'll start looking at what it means to um regroup and get back into the world again because um it, even when i got out of quarantine i wasn't in a big rush to leave because there was really nowhere to go right it's crazy mm -hmm. you because know? i just yeah right kind of used to now being alone at first i really hated it now i'm like well <sighs> This is what it is until I get to go to the set to see people. And even then I only see a few people at a time and we're all masked up and I don't know what they look like in real life anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's A, B, and C bubbles. We don't ever all work together. Work together, right. So it's very small groups of people. Um that's what we're yeah. Right. Well, you that's what we do to be safe and bring you guys big sky Tuesday night. A B C shameless plug again exactly i love that so i i'm not going to get into any more about the show because i have like 50 questions to ask um like how many seasons are there going to be you know is this a limited series no just kidding just it's just the type of show that i think we all need to fall into and try to figure out and it's so engaging um the cast are great and um it's it's one of those things that we we all need as part of you know the escapism that television and movies bring us right yes and um it's been wonderful talking to you about this show now dare i ask do you have any other feelers or any other things coming up outside no. of this no you're just girl present I didn't, I didn't even have an agent before i got this so guess what? I still don't got an agent. Um, I have this beautiful, sweet manager named Brandon. I've known him forever. And when I uh, decided to go to school, I lost my manager at the time in my agency. Understandably, they were like, I said, I would still read for little things in between right. like, trying to get my degree and raise my children. And they were like, unless you're 100%, we, 
you know, we can't really sure. uh, represent you. I respected that. It hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. But I was like, okay. But then I had this friend who was a manager who said, I'll represent you. And if I'll just throw things at you. If you can go, great. If not, don't worry about it. No pressure. Right. So this guy stuck with me for 10 years. And I got like little teeny things here and there, like a $100 gig here and there, just to help me, you know, put some food on the table while I was continuing on with my education. And then this came along. Mm. And my manager is like, are you kidding me? I'm like, uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> We were like, well, how'd that happen? You know, I go, I don't, I don't know. You know, um, Mother Earth threw me a lifeline. So I only have a manager, but then because the show I needed to do press, I got a publicist who I'm also, I love. So we're the three musketeers. And so I don't read for anything because I'm in Canada. Right. You know, and I'm on the show. Mm-hmm. So there's really no need to get an agent or anything else um, because uh, my time is here on the show and um, I'm in contract. To ask you, I mean, to answer your question about how many years, we have a seven-year contract, but each year they decide if they want to- If they're going to renew it, right. Yeah, right. so like um, we will be, uh, we're filming till the end of April, mm-hmm. and then we'll wait to see if we get picked up. So yes, keep watching and put lots of good vibes. I'm and- sending the magic, yes. Yeah, send us magic and keep me employed. It'll be really fun, yeah. I would love nothing more than to see you for seven years until you go to the next thing. (laughs) Next time you see me, I'll probably somewhere else because they kicked me out. (laughs) 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 The bird thing just a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's, I I think you might want to just tone that down just a little. All day now, just like periodically. But I go out and I talk to Gilly and we just have, we have conversations, we talk. That's fine. That's acceptable. Actually, as we speak, yeah, he's out there waiting for me right now. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> at me. I see you. Hold on. I'll be there in just a minute. <laughs> He's like my boys, mom. Pizza time. <laughs> mine, mine just stands off of my computer and just stares at me. Yeah, yeah. They're staring at me. So funny. do my three dogs. They all oh. they line up and they're like, oh, if you see my Instagram app, you saw my screensaver. Right. Um, I'm in there brushing my teeth and the cockatoo's right here above me. Chewing on a Q-tip, and in the cockatoo has her toothbrush as well that she chews. So we brush her teeth together. I look over on my bed, and there's the dog, the Rottweiler, next to the cat, like this, <laughs> staring at me. And I'm like, "What? What do you want from me? You already had breakfast. What do you want from me?" And they're just like looking at me, like, "What? What now, mom?" Side by side, we have the cockatoo, both cut, all the rescues. I love it. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing with the birds here, because I'm used to animals around right. higher life, and yeah. all of my children too. Those those two guys. <laughs> oh yeah, have to include them with the fur babies and the fl- the feather babies and yeah, the yeah. babies. Yeah, uh, so so wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank we you. appreciate it. And I don't want to. Just it's just a good show. I love the show. Let me just tell you, you get two thumbs up for me. Thank you. And I loved it before I even knew I was going to interview you. So even better. So I'm not just <laughs> sucking up. <laughs> You're not sucking up. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to suck up thing. <laughs> well, maybe it's sucking up a little, but. <laughs> hey, listen, how about this? I'll coming back and you don't have to suck up. <laughs> okay. okay. Because after this, what's going to about to happen, mm-hmm. you're going to be back. Okay. I will definitely. Um... It's. Yeah, I'm so excited. This show is just crazy. <laughs> it, it is. It's a, it, I mean, I, I, I thought, oh, wow, they've already, he's out of the picture. And now that, and, and then I'm thinking, uh, we can't end it now. What's wrong with it? I know, I know he's not going to end this now. Far from over. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Believe me, I, 
after last episode, I knew I was in for even yeah. bigger. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I say all my interviews, I'm like, just buckle up right. for a ride. Because every time I read the script, I go, oh, that's a good one. Because <laughs> when I don't see it coming, and I'm mm. kind of read it all and seen it all. Right. Well, with the pilot, when mm. I got to the end, I thought I was missing a page. Oh, okay. I went back and I was like, huh. I have a reading disorder. You probably read that wrong. <laughs> read it again. And then I looked at page numbers and I read it again. And I went, oh my God, no, you're not reading that wrong. That's how they ended the pilot. And I went, oh, buckle right. up, you're on a crazy show. Um, so, you know, when the, the actors are going to, am I missing a page? Or did you read that wrong? <laughs> did you just, did you just write that? Are we going to film that? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. That's that. That's a, a, a. I love it, and I love seeing you so happy and joyful, Thank and uh, wish you the best on everything, every level, and um, we will be rooting for you. Yes, Denise. <laughs> Go get them. Tuesday night. Watch us. And you ABC. ABC. Oh, yeah. Oh God. They're the avoid <gasps> me. ABC. <laughs> like Michael Jackson, ABC. Um, and uh, follow me on Instagram, DD5 yep. official. We'll have that also whenever we share this in an article, we'll have everybody follow and they'll all have to like the ABC Big Sky Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I apologize now if I like follow you and unfollow you because you just say, she still hasn't figured what the heck she's doing. <laughs> just no, she has no idea what she's doing. I'm not taking that personal. <laughs> no, not not personal at all. We just blame it on Instagram doing it. I know that's weird. They keep yeah. doing that. I can just blame it on like if I was home, I could blame my boys. And my boys do it. <laughs> Gilligan, jealous of you spending time with other people. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Beautiful day. Okay, you too.